the technology on hardware is evolving and is enabling AI capabilities that before were not possible, what is called AI at the hedge. So uh, really strong features in terms of uh, hardware parts that can do things that before were not possible. One of the benefits of us seeing this development is like from a security aspect, you know, and hence these edge cases where you can sort of not necessarily lock it down, but it's much more secure and controlled, I think, is really interesting to see as well. And we'll push AI into sectors that you wouldn't necessarily see the cloud side of things just from a pure security risk standpoint. Welcome to Airflight Silica's We Talk IoT. We'll chat with innovators, experts, and business owners to learn how they are implementing IoT and using data to create new business opportunities. I am your host, Stephanie Ruth Hader. Today we have a special treat for you as we bring together two engineers from Afnet Silica, each representing a different generation in the hardware engineering field. With me today are Edward Broadbelt, graduate engineer, and Lucio Fornuto, vice president, technical development and demand creation EMEA at Afnet Silica. And together, we'll be discussing the enduring allure of hardware engineering, comparing perspectives on career choices, sustainability, future visions, and mindsets. Join us as we bridge the generational gap and explore why hardware engineering remains a cool and relevant industry to work in. Don't you agree, Edward and Lucio? Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Yes. No, I do agree. Hardware is a, <laughs> it's a very interesting topic. That's a good start. <laughs> Could you both introduce yourselves, sharing a little bit about your backgrounds and roles at Afnet Silica? Yes, thank you. So I'm working in Afnet Silica for 16 years. I am an electronic engineer and after university I started my career as a designer, harder mm. designer indeed, or more focusing on analog design. And uh, then I joined Avnet Silica as an FA. So I was continuing this journey uh, supporting customers with several different kinds of application from the hardware perspective to support them in their design. Wow, so you do have a lot of experience in the field. And Edward, as I learned, you have just joined a graduate training program at Avnet Silica. Yeah, that's correct. So I'm Edward Broadbell. I'm one of the graduate engineers. Um, on the engineering program with Avnet. I started in October, so quite a little bit less. <laughs> what is yeah. that? Uh, four, coming up to four months. And prior to that, I did a I had master's in electronic engineering from the University of Leeds. So I've done some hardware design through that and also done some had some previous work experience in a design house. So still very hardware focused. And then, yeah, and then I've been with the program since then. Terrific. What made you choose this career option? What made you choose hardware engineering? And and then a question for Lucio, maybe how has your career path evolved over time? That would be interesting to learn. So I think hardware engineering is the sort of the root of everything, isn't it? You know, we've got, there are lots mm -hmm. of people developing software. There's lots of, there's lots of very talented people developing software. But if you don't have hardware to run any of that software on, then, you know, you haven't really got anything, do you? So... I think that's why I was attracted to it. You know, during my degree, I did quite a lot of hardware design. I designed some various different circuit boards and then also did some software development. And I do like both, don't get me wrong, but I think I chose this because I think hardware sets the stage for everything else. 
and I think it's it's a really important part of the development that a lot of people forget about. Interesting. Yeah, and I think what you said is very interesting. So I also believe that hardware is really the enabler, right, to develop, to set the base for a innovative project, application, solution. Well, of course, software is uh, extremely important as well. But what I found always very interesting as hardware engineers really to design something that will enable other engineers to develop software solution. Huh? So, and that is where I see back to what you said before. So, I guess uh, if I share how I started at university designing hardware, for example, for the MCU, we were still using the binary code to program the MCU, right? And now it seems to be 100 years ago, right? Based on the technology <laughs> we have now. So that's part of the of the evolution. Each one of us needs to to continuously improve our knowledge and evolve. Okay? And that was my journey when I started 16 years ago. As a designer, now I'm more on the management role. Of course, I'm designing less than before, but still in contact uh, with all uh, our great team on the field, our field application engineers. And uh, we have to always be open-minded to learn and to evolve in our knowledge. From this hardware perspective, we see innovative solutions coming from our suppliers that are really enabling new way of helping our customer. And that's where we need to be prepared to support our customer and our suppliers as well to deploy these on the field. You already mentioned binary code. What are some other key differences or similarities between starting a career in hardware engineering today versus 16 years ago? What do you think? When I started, it was a different era, mm. right? So it was completely different. Uh, now it's more um, important for other engineers to have a wide knowledge of all uh, available solutions from the other perspective, from the microcontroller perspective, microprocessor perspective, and all the rest that is around eh? to, mm. to build solution. So more and more we see customer that needs support from under engineers to build the right solution to achieve the objective they have. That is uh, finally to innovate their products and also find new business model, right? And hardware, again, is uh, an enabler, just comparing uh, 16, 20 years ago when I started, right, as an engineer, and, and now what is the technology that is available for us as hardware engineers is, is, is completely different. We have now hardware solution and possibility that can enable us and our customer to develop applications that were not at all possible 20 years ago when it comes to machine learning, artificial intelligence, this kind of solution. This is something that now the technology and the other technology gives us possibility for our customer and for us. So when we start with a new hardware engineer starts, there is more opportunity, more complexity okay, on the hardware side, but that's also the opportunity to learn faster and to develop other solutions that can be of help for our, for our customer. I think it the technology moves so incredibly fast and, you know, I didn't write any binary at uni, um, but I wrote, you know, I wrote um, C and Python and all that. And I think as technology develops, you can't be in the nitty gritty of the bottom, like at the very beginning. I think having an awareness of what's going on is important, but it becomes so complicated. You have to sort of move up and 
like an abstraction layer, I would say. But yeah, no, the technology we have is nuts. You know, you think back I don't know, even 20 years ago and compared to what we have now, it's, it's incredible how fast this industry is moving. I think that's one of the things that's really interesting about this industry. It moves at such a fast pace and you have to keep evolving. And as long as you keep pushing and learning and you don't stay, you know, doing the same thing, you keep trying to make sure you're up to date, which is an impossible task, it feels like sometimes. I think having a really open mindset really helps in this and is essential for this, this industry. And speaking of mindsets, are there any qualities you believe are crucial for success in hardware engineering? I, I would say a open mindset. You know, if you're stuck in your ways and you, you're not willing to evolve, then, you know, you've, you're not going to survive in terms of what we, what's going on at the moment. You know, we see this AI machine learning revolution. If you're not willing to evolve and adapt, then I think I would say that is the key thing. You know, you can be very, very technical, but if you don't keep refreshing that knowledge and updating it, then it doesn't, you know, within six months is out of date, a lot of it. And keeping that, yeah, learning, I think, is the key from that one. I agree with you, Edward. That's really an important point that you touched. Be open-minded and the willingness also to, 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 to learn, always to learn new things. When we are out of the university, we, we, we know a lot of things. But in reality, we know much less than what we shouldn't know, right? <laughs> Having this open-minded uh, approach will help the engineers to, to focus on new technology, to learn more about that, and try really as hardware engineers to learn and to develop uh, potential new ideas huh? that can be valid for the company, whereas I'm not just talking about Avnet, right? But it's also putting my shoes in the customer position. They all need to innovate. The technology can enable this innovation, but we need people. We need open-minded people that can really embrace this challenge uh, as engineer and uh, learn, bring new ideas and develop. Develop solutions that can be innovative for their company, for the company where they, where they work, right? Yeah, you've mentioned that customers need help nowadays, especially with all this There's fast-paced technologies and even some evolutions and hypes like AI, 5G, IoT, and edge computing. They are all basically developing really, really fast, but all at the same time. So I imagine it's really overwhelming for customers. Can you share some use cases? What, what do customers now, uh, from your perspective, need help with mostly? And Or can you share some examples, maybe? Well, uh, first of all, I... 100% agree. So this new technology or jumping are very interesting, but somehow are putting also some more complexity that the customer needs to manage. Okay, mm. So that's also the opportunity we have as Avnet Silica in this case to help our customer and our customers engineers right? to select the right technology to be used and to help them in the design phase. As I said, all customer needs to innovate, but it's not always easy especially even for them, especially when it comes to relatively new technologies that now are becoming more and more important. One example I have is really AI, artificial intelligence and machine learning. This is something that can be really somehow disruptive for our customers. They can mm. innovate their solution, their products, uh, leveraging more uh, AI solution. They can even build new business model. They can really innovate their uh, application and gain more market, more uh, customer, more business. 
that's a, clearly an opportunity they have, but in several cases, they need guidance. They need help to understand what to use from the hardware perspective, okay? And then also from the software ecosystem perspective to enable to build their, their specific application uh, based on AI. I think someone in the in the in Avnet, really a colleague of us, that manager, a leader, said, "AI will not replace human, right? Because this is one topic that people today is questioning more and more. But probably people and engineers without AI will be replaced, or could be replaced by people with AI." So mm, I think yes. that's a really interesting sentence to to and mm. I really believe that's true. There are technology that can help people and engineers to be more successful, to build even more innovative solution. But they need to embrace this challenge, this opportunity with an open-minded approach. And that's back to what you said Edward, yeah. right? To be yeah. open-minded. Mm. And I think you know, going back to what you said there about, you know, using AI to your advantage, it has so many benefits, some of the systems that are being developed from an efficiency standpoint, you know, there's lots of monotonous day-to-day -day things that people don't particularly enjoy doing. I know I don't enjoy doing, you know, can help with automating a lot of them. And I think it's always viewing it from a positive perspective, isn't it? There is a, there's a temptation to rush in and go, oh, it's going to replace everyone. But that's, I don't think that's realistic in, you know, the short, in at least the short term. I don't see it in the long term either. You know, we always need people and it's all about, a lot of it's about relationships and, you know, speaking to people. And I find with what I've seen so far with Silica is that a lot of the customers like that human element. They like to interact with someone, you know, they, they want to speak to whether it be a FAE, a field application engineer, an account manager, whoever that is. And it's that sort of relationship that really helps and sort of pushes them forward. And it's someone they can speak to and get advice, like you were mentioning, that they, you know, our customers need at the moment. What is it you're working on at the moment, Edward? So within my program, I rotate, as I mentioned, through the different, through Avnet, as mm -hmm. you know, this is for Avnet Silica. I'm currently with a different department at the moment, Avnet Abacus. Mm -hmm. So I'm currently with sales and engineering. So similar to what I discussed, just mentioned there, sorry, with uh, mm -hmm. FAEs, field application engineers. So the idea is that I go out with customers, whether that be account, go out with account managers or some of the FAEs and see what's going on and try and assist. I've got some projects where I provide assistance to certain customers. So whether that be help with, there's one example where I've got one where helping with some code development. And then there's another one where it's a part selection. So, you know, a lot of customers don't know specifically which parts to pick for their projects and being able mm -hmm. for us to go through, you know, with our extensive catalog and have a look through what's going on. It's a lot of learning, I'd say at the moment. There's a lot to take in. It's quite a complicated structure of how everything fits together. So yeah, there's a lot of learning and me trying to have my input where I can. Um, and then also, you know, taking a step back and sort of learning from the massive amount of experience that we have in this, this company. Interesting. And uh, because I'm curious, this graduate training program, the, the purpose of it is so that you can basically navigate the whole world of the corporation and then pick a certain career path, or how does it work? Yeah, so the, the graduate program has three tracks. There's an engineering track, a finance track, and an analytics track. I'm on the engineering track with my engineering background. 
And the idea is, is you rotate through the different, you know, we call them speedboats, um, business units. So there's Avnet Silica, Avnet Abacus, and then EBV. You spend time in each of those with various different departments with a focus on sales and engineering. So that's, you know, what I mentioned that I'm mm -hmm. currently with at the moment. But I do, there's other parts as well, purchasing and assets I spent time with, and I've got some other rotations as well further down the line. But going back to your question, the end goal is that you get a solid understanding of the industry and the company, and then you transition into a fixed role of your choice and where there is business need, of course. Mm -hmm. And from a management point of view, I suppose it helps with the onboarding really fast and giving a sense of a broader culture and getting to learn, basically hitting the ground running, I suppose, and then you call it speedboat as well. That fits, I guess. Can you explain a little bit the benefits from a management point of view as well? Yeah, absolutely. So, as you said, first of all is to make sure that these new engineers starting in, in the company can get an understanding of the different business unit, uh, as we can call or speedboats, uh, as well as the different uh, departments and get a good understanding of uh, all the things we drive every day to support our customer. I think that's part of our great mission as Avnet, that I would summarize as helping customers to innovate. That's mm -hmm. what we try to do every day. But that's a team effort. That's not only engineers, it's sales, it's internal sales, it's external sales, it's asset, it's operation, it's digital tools, it's technical support, hardware support, software support. That is the ecosystem where we are today. That's what the, the customer, our customer needs. So it's very important, I believe, that uh, a new engineer, a new employee starting in our company get an understanding on how important are it or is each department hmm, to support our customer without thinking only in a niche way regarding a specific department, but having a hmm. wider view of every department that can contribute and can support our customer Finally, to bring value to them and to sell more to them. So collaboration is key, collaboration. I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. But you also get in the projects, as we have mentioned, with the use cases you have described, you already have collaboration also between different departments like software and hardware now working closer together than they might have used to. Or even, as we mentioned in the beginning of our discussion, also more senior engineers working with younger engineers who bring a new background together. Can you share some examples of how this uh, cross-functional, cross-generational collaboration has benefited your projects? Uh, what is, uh, as we said, uh, mixing this knowledge, this experience, and new engineers coming with a different uh, knowledge, different background, uh, and new ideas. That's what we need more and more in our company. People that, based also on the different generation, can bring new ideas. And I think this is really where we want to drive more and more our organization to move out from our comfort zone. Not continue doing things as we, we have been doing for years, but we need young people sometimes to, to, to bring new ideas and to challenge ourselves, hey, why we are doing this in that way? Maybe it would be more effective or efficient to do differently. And we have several examples in, uh, in, uh, recently, uh, not only from the customer perspective, so in terms of support, we were able to drive new ideas in front of the customer, but also internally, in terms of processes. 
What can we do to improve our internal processes? We are a company full of processes, right? So, <laughs> but um, there are processes who started, uh, we started using 20 years ago and are still the same. Okay, we are asking always ourselves, do we need to change, right? And so new people are bringing new ideas that are very interesting. And that's where we are working now. We have concrete project that we started thanks to new idea that some new people coming in our organization uh, was bringing. And now our concrete tool that we have developed, also digital tool that we have developed, that are now used every day by our sales team, our technical team. And this is really helping. And that's a concrete example that uh, is a very successful example that I can share. Digital mm -hmm. tool that we developed thanks to new idea that new people were able to propose and to bring into the into our organization. We will take a short break. Stay with us. We will be hearing from our guests very shortly. This podcast is brought to you by Afnet Silica, the engineers of evolution. We help you bring secure, intelligent and connected products to market. If you want to learn more about us, we have put information and links in this episode show notes. And you can also connect with us on LinkedIn or avnet-silica.com. That's A-V-N-E-T-S-I-L-I-C-A.com. Edward, is there a specific industry that you're specifically interested in where you think the future of hardware engineering will make rapid advancement, will have a next breakthrough in the coming years? Or is there something what you're particularly passionate about? I think, you know, this AI and machine learning revolution we're seeing at the moment is really interesting. And there's a lot of scenarios where you don't have necessarily access to the amount of compute that you need in order to process these really large models. And, you know, some of the some of the stuff that, you know, within Silica that we support is those edge cases of AI where you don't have that connection to a large amount of compute. I think those sort of examples are things that are going to really push the boundaries, whether that's incorporated into self-driving cars or whatever it is. I think that sort of that sort of genre. I think it'd be really interesting to see how it all develops and plays out. I, I think it'd be interesting to see if self-driving takes off in the way that a lot of people are predicting it will and you know whether we have you know maybe driving driving yourself becomes illegal and you know all the cars drive themselves and it works in perfect harmony but you know that's a sort of very uh, idealistic view i think it would it, we're quite far from that i think that is what is going to be the evolution it's this ai machine learning stuff that's going to push forward and create an entire new development and sort of progression that we haven't seen before. We've had advances in the past, you know, whether that be the smartphone, you know, that changed the way the entire world works. You know, I I don't think I could function without my smartphone. I, you know, use it for Google Maps, emails in order to speak to people, you know, knowing where people are. And, you know, prior to that, it, you wouldn't even, you know, lived in a world without them. I don't know how, but <laughs> we did. And I think we're going to see a similar development with AI and machine learning. I know a lot, you know, I've used um, ChatGBT, for example, in the past a lot and those sort of tools, and they're incredible. Um, and I'm really excited to see what happens next. But I think there's going to be 
some breakthrough in, in that regard is what I'm expecting. Yeah. I think, Edward, if I can, I really agree with you. So this will be, will be really uh, stimulate a sort of revolution in, in, in the market. You mentioned few applications, uh, quite high-end applications, but I think uh, it will be also really touching several different application market, also even low-end application, because the usage of these AI machine learning uh, capabilities now will really help a lot of companies to innovate, to really drive new value for their customers as well. Mm -hmm. And that's also linked to the usage, a proper usage of data, because at the end of the day, a proper usage, enhanced usage of data capability with AI will be transformed in machine learning, in predictive analytics that more and more customers will use to innovate and to bring new value to their, their customer. This will be one game changer in our market for our customers and even uh, internal in each company. Uh, you mentioned ChatGPT. Uh, this is something uh, that can be of all for several companies to maximize to the efficiency of processes, tools, way of working, doing things easier and faster and maybe with less mistakes that today are done by human and can be done by AI. And that is back to what I said, is helping people to mm -hmm. focus in more on what is the real key value they can bring where AI cannot help, okay? We need the human brain. And there are several other things that can be done with this uh, new AI approach that can be beneficial to gain more time, to focus more on other important topics, and also to increase the efficiency in, in, in the company in terms of processes. Yeah. I think that dynamic's really interesting. The You mentioned there the internal part, you know, so making things within the company more efficient. And then there's also the, you know, the new developments that the customer sees. So, you know, it's a double whammy, isn't it? You've got this sort of the internal side pushing and making things more efficient and making the experience that already exists better, but then also contrasting that with new services, you know, coming about due to the development, that sort of dynamic, I think is really interesting. Mm. Yeah. So I also think, Edward, that back to the importance of hardware and hardware engineers work, right? Today I see, but maybe you can give, you, you can share your perspective as a, New, let's say, engineer in this in this world, the hardware is evolving. The technology on hardware is evolving and is enabling AI capability that before were not possible. What is called AI at the edge. So, uh, really strong features in terms of uh, hardware parts that can do things that before were not possible, and this is enabling customer with their application. Yeah, to develop the AI solution they need for their products. While in the past was more, let's say, transfer to the AI capability in the cloud, right? So mm -hmm. they need to go in the cloud. Now there is more and more a trend that is called AI at Hedge. So really using the hardware technology and also the right skills from the hardware engineer perspective to develop AI solution at Hedge that can be really helping customers to innovate faster with their products. I think that, you know, yeah, definitely. That's and one of the benefits of us seeing this development is like from a security aspect, you know, a lot of people who use cloud-based AI, you know, you may be worried about your security of your data, you know, in the end of this, the data is the valuable part. It's, and you don't, you may not necessarily want to share that as a company or an individual with other people. And hence these edge cases where you can sort of, 
not necessarily lock it down, but it it's much more secure and controlled, I think, is really interesting to see as well. And we'll push AI into sectors that you wouldn't necessarily see the cloud side of things just from a pure security risk standpoint. That reminded me of um, a guest we had on the show a couple of months ago. He was from the sustainability industry and they had actually invented a chemical nose that basically worked on a chip. You could put the little sensor on a tree and it would detect wildfires. Oh, wow. So that was a use case where I thought, this is really cool that you basically have a piece of hardware and actually help save our climate. So I think that's a really cool uh, example for hardware engineering. And uh, and especially since sustainability is such a important topic, but also AI has come under the pressure that they are using a lot of resources and that it's not really CO2 friendly to run all these large language models and all the operations and all the cloud centers and the data. So I was wondering how has hardware engineering or the industry adapted to the growing demand for eco-friendly and energy efficient technology? Now, clear this is a topic more and more important. Sustainability is one of the topics that we, we started also positioning in the discussion from, with our mm. customers. So our customers as well, are, as a as company, are becoming more and more sensitive to this topic, because there are of course laws, rules coming going the direction, also with our suppliers. So it's a topic that even during our discussion, uh, management meeting with suppliers, with customer, we talk about that. Also we talk about what we as Avnet we are doing. But back to your example, there are clearly, I think, uh, concrete, say, application or new application, new use cases where AI can help. And that's, I think, is back to uh, machine learning. Machine learning to me is really predict things, right? So using data, information each company has based on the application where they are working and use in a smarter way this information, this data with the AI approach to predict something, some behaviors, mm -hmm. and then act in advance, even before things are happening. That's one of the, I think, key elements that will uh, will help uh, on the sustainability, say, priority that each company has more and more, as I said, as, as we said, but as well, every customer, every company is to innovate even more. Predictive maintenance, also using high data and high to understand where the company has to do some action before things are happening, will stimulate a new agro efficiency, of course, but also new services for their customer, new business model. That's the opportunity I see as well for all the, the, the companies that we know in the field and we are talking with them on a regular basis. I think the new business model part of that is really interesting because if you can tie in sustainability with increasing business, and you know everyone wins don't they you know i think one example that springs to mind is like sorting waste you know normally something that you pay someone to take away but now you know with ai and cameras you can identify what the items are sort them very accurately and you know essentially come away with now a commodity that you can sell so you know there's the financial benefit to that as well you also you know being sustainable by recycling but if you can tie that into a business case then i think incorporating sustainability will be much easier in terms of convincing companies or individuals to do that. 
And I think there's a lot of th a lot of examples like that. And the fire example you gave before, Ruth, you know, that saves the fire department money because you know, they don't have to put out such a large fire. And you know, also of course there's the sustainability benefit. But a lot of the time, if you can tie in a monetary gain as well from either saving money or generating income, then you're going to convince even more people Absolutely. to adopt those hmm. things. Is there anything we haven't spoken about yet? Have we missed anything so far? No. Maybe we switch it around and you guys ask each other a question. Okay. Lucio, um, <laughs> why stay with this industry? There are lots of other things that are also really interesting. Why, why hardware? Well, I think it's, uh, it's because I think I really be, believe is an interesting field. It's where, as we said, uh, evolution uh, are coming every year. Innovation on the other perspective are coming every year. There is a lot of investment from all our suppliers investing in new technology. Uh, so it's always an opportunity to learn to be supporting uh, several different applications with several different customers we have and to learn and to help our customer as well, which is really motivating because it's, uh, it's always an opportunity to help them with our technical team, with our sales team, with our expertise on the field, but also to learn, to learn from, from them because there is a lot of knowledge around also in our customer base. The other key element, as I said, are really the new capabilities that we have now. And you mentioned already several times, Edward, the, the AI and machine learning. That's clearly one of the um, really game changers, I think, uh, for the future. Uh, and again, hardware is fundamental uh, to enable this. So that's why I'm very, very much after 16 years still very motivated, interested to follow this world and to stay close to all of my team in Europe, the so technical team, to to pass the clear message. We need to be open-minded. We need to learn. And sometimes we need to learn fast because everything is going very fast. And the AI machine learning is a typical example where we need to know from the other perspective what we can do now with the new solution available in the market and properly support our customer uh, to know how to use this technology. Then the question for you uh, is, is, uh, is why you started this uh, experience in Avnet. Mm -hmm. uh, what are the most uh, interesting things you capture working, uh, listening and working with different departments, different people? I think it's the variety that I like. You know, when you, a lot of the time if you work for, you know, you work in hardware or you do design for a very, you know, you get sucked into a project and you spend months, maybe years, developing a system, iteratively improving it. And I think through, you know, uh, Avnet, you have the opportunity to see so many different projects. You know, I've sat in so many different meetings and, you know, one minute you're speaking to someone about maybe a, a sports wearable and the next you're speaking about some industrial machine. And I think that variety and that exposure allows you to see sort of the industry as a whole. I think that's the thing that I find the most exciting is that you get to see on a much, I would say it'd be a much quicker time frame. you get to see the whole industry and how it's moving. I think that's what excites me. Thank you both for joining us today and sharing your valuable insight. It has You're been um, a great conversation. Thank you so much, Edward and Lucio. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Edward. Thank you, Lucio. Thank you. Ruth. 
This was Avnet Silica's We Talk IoT. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating. Talk to you soon. Bye.